Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Burke Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is. And on this particular episode, we will be recapping the challenge season 36, Double Agents, episode 11, An Inconvenient Goof. Wow, they did him dirty on that title. They really did. Uh, uh, goof is is in reference to a challenger here that is called a goof, um, and we'll talk about it, but I can't believe that uh, MTV doubled down with... Uh, title cards and and uh, and a title name for the yeah. episode. It's, Especially it's... because an inconvenient goof has a certain amount of whimsy to it, and this episode was just a straight up docu series. It, it does seem like a little bit of like um, a bullying move to keep calling this one guy a goof. I mean, yeah. we'll talk. It happens very early in the episode, so uh, we'll just wait for then. But why don't you tell us about the previously on? Previously on the challenge, Gabby and Devin won the daily, and Lolo and Nam are having issues as part. Partners. Gabby wants to go down into the crater. Since she won the daily with Devin, she has all the power to go down there and try and get a gold skull. But instead, they end up blindsiding Amber B and Darrell, which sends Amber M, who is partners with Corey, home. Gabby doesn't feel good. So that is the uh, last week on. And before we jump into the recap of this week's episode, we want to tell you guys a couple of things right up top. One is that this episode had a completely different feel editing-wise than the past episodes this season. There's very much a documentary feel to it. There's slow pacing. For the first three-fourths of the episode, it was very serious. And lots of voiceovers over like house moments, house montage moments. So right away, I was like, something is different here. I don't know what they're going for, but it definitely has a very somber feel. And Nick, do you want to tell them the other thing about this episode? Sure. Um, I don't want to do to you what they did to us. And so this is a little bit of a spoiler, but there's no details. There is no crater elimination. The reason why I think the beginning of this episode is sort of paced differently and feels differently is twofold. I won't ruin one aspect for you, but the second aspect is you wait this long and it's a to be continued for next week. I assume next week is going to be quite a wild ride from what I can tell. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that we waited, you know, obviously the entire episode to see somebody go home. And I think challenge fans, us included, um, we're pretty sick of the, uh, there's a, a, a to be continued at the end of an episode. And then the following episode, you find out who goes home at the beginning. That was happening a lot a few seasons ago. And I don't think people were happy with it. And they definitely changed that in the yeah. past few seasons. And, uh, you know, righted the ship. Well, um, specifically with these 90-minute episodes, it really does allow you to get really? an elimination in. It's like you're watching an entire movie and at the end you don't get the, the actual ending. You yeah. know, it's, uh, 90 minutes is a lot of time to invest into a reality <laughs> show every single week. So give us give us what we want. We want uh, we want eliminations. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely paced in, in, in the beginning of this. It's definitely paced like a docuseries, like you said, because it just feels like it's taking a little too long to get to what we normally would see the daily um, challenge. It's, yeah, it's and a there's, lot. there's no joy. There's no whimsy. Everyone's very serious. There's lots of static shots, yeah. like slow, lo- slow pan-ins with the camera. I think we should just jump into it. Well, I'd like to mention something really quick because I don't want to forget about it. Okay. Um, last night, right after the episode aired, um, we got an email. I actually didn't even tell you about this because uh, we were like all ready. We were like zoned out from doing this as we normally are. 
Um, and uh, I responded to it. It's uh, our friend Mike, who who every so often will email us or, or DM us. What's up, Mike? What up, Mike? Um, and Mike had the exact same questions that we had about the rules and the format of mm. this show. And I'm sure you noted it, but I just want to make sure that we say it because it is important. Um, okay, so at this point, all of the men's skulls are taken. Mm-hmm. There, I think, is one lady skull left, mm. maybe. I, I think so because they have <laughs> they haven't done the thing like oh boy yeah. we're coming for your skulls I think there there was think two left more. last week and now there's now that Amber B has one there's one lady skull that's left. right because Casey has one Anissa has one Amber B and Cam so those are the four so yeah there's one more left so something that is a through line throughout this episode is this idea of keeping challengers out of the crater keeping really intimidating players like CT and Lolo out of the crater because if they are if they never go into the crater then they can never win a gold skull they can never go to the final you don't have to worry about them as a threat in the final so that is an element to this game we've discussed on the recap that we're not like super thrilled about we talked about about it last week and Nick brought up the point that it's kind of keeping us from seeing great competitors compete. We're, we haven't seen CT go up against Nam, you know, for example, because everyone's trying to keep them out of the crater. Well, something that has to be addressed and something that comes up on this episode is what happens if someone who we're trying to keep out of the crater becomes the double agent and has the power to send themselves in? What happens if someone we are trying to keep out of the crater actually gets in the driver's seat? and can just poo-poo all of our plans and get in there themselves. And that's what I look at Nick and I say, okay, so let's imagine CT can put himself in there. Why would the house not just vote in Nam, someone who doesn't have a gold skull, so that CT and Nam go against each other, one of them goes home, and the other one wins the elimination but still doesn't have a gold skull? Now, if someone has to compete in the elimination, if it is a rule that every elimination, one gold skull must be in play, that's something they should tell us because it really affects the house voting system. There is a hole in the rules here. There is a hole in the rules. And I don't, you know, it's. I feel like this is something that should be talked about on the show rather than like... You know, a rule that you would see, you know, on something like Survivor where it's like, yeah, you can't swim over there. Like, why don't they just swim to the other? Why don't they right. just go to the other person's island and steal the food? It's like, well, you're not allowed to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there are rules that we don't hear about on on some of these competition reality shows that like, yeah, obviously you can't just go in and steal this part of it. And you're like, why don't you just steal the uh, the key to get you in? The- well, you can't. It's, it's against the rules. So why fear Lolo going into the crater? Why would you be scared? scared of that if you could just put in Nani who doesn't have a gold skull and then Lolo sends home Nani Nani's out and, and keep doing that use yeah, Lolo as your assassin exactly. and there's no reason to be afraid because there's no gold skull on the line I mean it is 100% a flaw here I don't really understand it um because the might... gold skulls have the number yeah. excuse me Nick they have the the advantage in the house so technically they should be able to dictate the house vote if you're listening to this write into the challenge official podcast and ask them to answer this question they seem pretty um open to answering like real questions um they i listened a little bit today and they told a story about josh that i was like 
I can't believe that they told this on the challenge official podcast. Uh, <laughs> basically, Josh was drunk, like on his like first real challenge, like pat, like blackout drunk. And he came home from the bar and Anissa and like Tori and some people were like helping him get in the. <laughs> and if we have any kids listening, earmuff. But like he just asked Anissa to suck his dick. No. And, and Tori said that on the podcast. <laughs> no. God, my emotions for Josh are really running the gamut these days. And you're right, Josh apparently is a is a big old horn dog. Yeah, he's we're a always playboy. like wondering, like, what's the deal with Josh? Josh is a mystery to us. Obviously, we're watching Big Brother right now. But, um, so uh, anyway, l- listen, let's uh all team up and find out why they're not telling us what happens if you just put two non-skull people in an elimination. I I just don't understand. I imagine maybe. Maybe they change the rules on the fly. You know how TJ does. Just changes <laughs> he makes things. the rules. But anyway, hey, if you have any questions for us, uh, email us realityblowspodcast at gmail.com or, or DM us on Instagram or uh, Twitter. We'd love it. All right, let's 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 get into this recap. Yeah, let's do it. So we're back at the house, and this is a, a Durrell interview right off the bat. In fact, I don't even know if we see Amber B. walk in the door. This is The whole focus is on Durrell. Even though Amber B. won that elimination, Durrell is her partner, and we're getting this voiceover from Durrell as people are filing into the house where he is saying all these people all the guys have gold skulls he's going through the big brother cast really and he's saying i want a gold skull he wants one that is the first thing that we are told about this um challenge episode is that Darrell has one thing on his mind and it's a gold skull then we get an interview from anisa saying um they didn't tell uh they didn't tell amber b that she was going in we see big t walk into the bunk and freak out over amber b's win they have like a big joyful woo and they hug and they're happy and then amber b in an interview says she's not happy to be blindsided okay and there's no reason to have a chat this episode she pretty much her and gabby aren't don't talk at all that's a theme throughout this episode there is um no one has resolved the fact that gabby and devin blindsided amber b and that there's just bad blood there um we get an interview from kyle saying that amber b is one of the fakest girls in this whole house i don't do you see that um, they are not showing that. Uh, but I mean, the way that people speak about her, it seems like she's really nice to everybody and acts as if, you know, maybe she acts as if she's not part of the Big Brother Alliance. She is the one person I never see in those rooms. Yeah. With the people kind of making the decisions. Like, do you really, I mean, when she, when her head is on the chopping block, you sort of see her talking to Casey a bit, but you never see her sitting there with like Fessy and Josh and, and, and Casey. And Casey yeah. And, Casey and, giving a speech about how they all need to come together. It's always Josh and Fessy. You just don't see Amber be there. I mean, yeah. she is a rookie, so maybe that's part of it. She's not making the decisions, but you'd think that she'd be a part of some of these things and i think it's because she's playing sort of a real double agent game yeah well you know what she's playing a big brother game and it's working so this is all happening like i said over kind of shots of the house people walking around um Darrell says in an interview i want to stay out of like all of this house stuff like i want to keep my hands clean of house drama but amber has this big brother alliance and at this point i'm like well 
Does that mean you have this Big Brother alliance? Yes, it does. I, I don't think, uh, if you hear anything about Darrell talking about his partner, it's just how he wants to support his partner, and I like my partner, and Amber B loves loves her partner. I think people are, um, there. certain people have been together for so long at this point that it feels like they're working together and that it's not a single uh, competitor competition, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I do feel like that they're voting together, and... Unfortunately, I think um, the, if you want to even call it this, the challenge uh, uh, alliance, which is whoever is on the opposite side of these big brothers, um, uh, I feel like they, I feel like CT blew it with that whole Teresa thing mm. uh, by, by, by like being implicated in a conversation about keeping Darrell out of or or eliminating Darrell early, mm-hmm. whatever that was, that kind of came out in oh, public yeah. deliberation. I think that kind of hurt uh, the chances of Darrell sort of working with that side of the house. I don't. It seems to me that Darrell may not be so easy to forgive and forget, and why should he in the game of double crossing? So I don't know that there's any chance that you're going to get Darrell and CT working together. Not to mention, don't see this guy, these two guys speaking to one another at all on the show once ever, right? Yeah, you would think they would go through like their memories or something. Like, man, I haven't seen you in eight years. Well, apparently Darrell was invited, allowed MTV to invite, uh, uh, CT allowed MTV to invite Darrell to his his public wedding that we watched the two parts of. Johnny Bananas was told not to be on the list. These are things I, I heard by kind of uh, skimming some challenge T pages. Wow. So, so apparently he was closer to Darrell than he was even Johnny, who was on the show currently. The other thing that uh, is interesting to me is that, um, I mean, you always kind of remind me of this, but I I, I think that uh, wasn't CT the reason why Darrell went home like the last time he tried to come back? Wasn't it was like he was like, we got to make sure Darrell doesn't come here in one of his first things. I think he had some conversations that had something to do with that. I don't remember CT being a part of it, though I don't doubt it. I remember Corey had a big hand in yeah, it. Yeah, I remember he said something about that too, yeah. But I do think there's something we haven't addressed here, which is the fact that CT and Devin are pretty vocal, at least in the interviews, about their alliance with each other. And we always see them in the house talking, right? CT, Devin, and Kyle, those yeah. three. And Devin blindsided Darrell last yeah. week. So yeah. it's like someone from your alliance blindsided me. So the relationship between... CT and Darrell is questionable. So let's take us back to the house. Um, Gabby is in the bunks. She's talking to Devin and CT about how like she's so upset that she didn't go in. This was her chance, honestly, to go in there and get a gold skull. She would have beat Amber M. We saw Amber M flopping around in the crater. And instead of Gabby going down there and getting a gold skull, she basically handed one to Amber B. Yeah, I feel like this episode was a good... There can't be that much more to this show. And I feel like this episode was a if you're kind of interested in the editing process here and what kind of stories they're trying to tell, you can kind of start to see maybe who might not get who might not get their skull. Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally, you're, you're really not seeing much now about Gabby. You hear this thing, I I screwed it up. It was a rookie mistake, and then we just don't see that much of her. Well, let me get into the rookie mistake sure. part because that's a great part. But no, you're bringing up a good point, which is that there's at least three people on our radar who we are pretty sure are not going to get gold skulls based on the edits they are getting. Yeah. Um, Corey. I feel like Corey is doomed. Nani. I I feel like Nani is doomed. I don't know. I feel like there's been more of a story about Nani possibly getting a skull 
than there has been of Corey as of late. But that might just be her ties to the Big Brother alliance, and we're seeing more. But really, I mean, this is supposedly a guy's day. You're not even going to give us, like, the little tease of could it be— Oh, I guess Corey's a, a, a rogue agent, he so it really doesn't in. matter. Yeah, he's kind of been screwed this entire season, yeah. really, by, by Corey's going not going to get one. I, hey, and I'd love him, too. I really would. Yeah, we're always pulling for Corey in this house. So Gabby's talking to Devin and CT. She's really upset she didn't go in. And then that's when CT says it was a rookie mistake. And this was a fun little moment because they start talking about rookie mistakes and, you know, um, having like five years of work, five seasons of rookie mistakes. And it's just like a nice little window into what it must be like to be in this game with CT. You know what I mean? He's he's learned a lot. I mean, we've heard some stuff about how he's kind of learned from previous seasons um, on how specifically to work with a partner who might not who might not be as physically capable as him. I mean, you remember uh, his teaming up with Veronica on I think it was Final Reckoning, possibly. Mm-hmm. It was one of those. It was um, part right, of that. it was that era. Um, yeah. And but I they fought, fought the whole time. I know exactly, and he learned, and it did not work out in his favor. Yeah. So you know, he's being so much more of a supportive partner here he's matured and is paying off uh quite a bit yeah he's being very supportive of big t and i wonder how much of that is sexual chemistry i i feel i feel much more big brother chemistry not not the show right but like sibling chemistry between the two of them right in an interview Devin says the list of mistakes that i have made in this game goes on forever and ever i do like the Devin admitting to his faults in this episode he has a lot of interview moments where he's like I'm annoying. Yes, I like this. I like the self-awareness of Devin. I think he I think it it, wear, it wears well on him. Me, I agree. He's like all I can be is annoying. I just have to be myself basically. And I enjoy that. It's the he's the only one. He's unique in the character profile for that in this challenge house. So CT in an interview after this moment talking about rookie mistakes and getting a gold skull, he says no one's going to help me get a gold skull. It's incredibly clear. I'm locked out. I have to find my way in. Then we see Josh and Nani talking and Josh is saying like, I feel comfort. I feel confident about going down there again. You know, Josh is, Josh realizes that he has a gold skull and the guys who don't have them see him as low hanging fruit. Josh is aware of that. And he's telling Nani, I feel confident going down there again. And then Nani is very quickly. Okay. But don't put that out there. Like, don't she like shuts him down. Don't put that out there. And then she goes, hey, why are you staring at me with that smile? And then we have an interview from Nani where she's like, Josh is like family to me. And then not we go, we cut back and Nani's looking at Josh like family, family, family. And then Josh in an interview basically admits he loves Nani. And then in a Nani interview, the producer is asking Nani, we don't hear the producer ask Nani, but Nani responds to a question a producer asked, which was, would I be open to dating Josh? What do you think of this whole Josh Nani like bromance romance on the couch? I think Josh falls in love with any person that he's in the in a room with for a long time and he clearly likes Nani ever since they were partnered together on that one challenge where She doesn't have no quit in her. She, she's got no She's got, girl's no, quit got in no quit in her. And and honestly it makes sense. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, Nani's I'm, Nani's pretty charming, you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, you know, she's striking, she's a she's a vet, you know, there's lots to to be infatuated with over there with Nani. She's got nice new teeth. Um, you know, I do want to mention something, not to go back, but I just thought it was, I noted it. Um, when CT was talking about being blocked out of 
the challenges or the uh, uh, the crater. Um, he says, you know, I spent my entire challenge career uh, trying to, you know, trying to get people to be scared of me. And he's like, and now they're scared of me. Um, and it's, it is an interesting dynamic. And I thought that was a, I think, I think CT is maybe going to take the cake for me as far as the best interviews of the season. Mm. He's just doing a really good job telling the story. And I do feel like he is our narrator, even though he's on the show. I'm going to go with Cam. Cam's doing a great job. Cam is, I think Cam is most improved. How about that? I think Cam's growth is as the, in these interviews is incredible. And I think that she is doing such a good job of, carrying the narrative of the show yeah i will say that during this daily tj explained the daily i had no idea anything <laughs> about it and then we went to a commercial we came back cam explained it again in an interview and she was charismatic she was short she was she made it so easily understood that i was like oh all the game should just be explained through cam yeah she was good she was succinct yeah uh, and she, and she so did it with style i want to say it's going to be a cam ct or up there for number one in terms of interviews I mean, Devin's doing good interviews, too. Yeah, yeah. There's some good inter interviewees here. So basically, just the point of this scene is that, like, Josh is in love with Nani, but Nani is like, nope, we're family. So that's what you need to know from that. Then we have another scene. It's CT and Big T in the living room, and he's, like, strapping all these things on her. He's, like, he's, like trying to train her basically he's they, putting her through some sort of ct boot camp they look like electrodes you put on muscles i've, I've this seemed like to be an old school like way to like uh you know you, you order this off your tv to lose weight while you're watching tv on the couch like it did it, seem old timey yeah. yeah and then he's she's standing on like a balance board and he's throwing pillows at her and she's trying to dodge them it did seem like ct's get fit quick and this is when i decided that i needed to see ct with his shirt off i i think ct might be fit under there but i can't really tell so much right yeah i saw a picture of well anyway what what, what do you what about, what about to say Ash? what are you looking at pictures of i saw a picture of young ct like yesterday with his shirt off and i was like damn i forgot that he was basically adonis yeah, he was he was he was a he was quite quite a quite a gentleman. He was like a perfect specimen specimen of the male form. I think he was a perfect specimen. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay, that brings us to our next scene, which is Big T talking to Gabby in the bunks, and she's like, "I don't really know what to do. I feel bad. I mean, Amber B is saying that you blindsided her." And Big T in an interview says, "I thought my rookie girls were doing great. Like I thought we had this alliance, but now it's fallen apart." And then Gabby Gabby says, yeah, it's completely awkward. And the camera kind of pans out to review Amber coming in, getting something out of the cabinet and slamming the cabinet yeah. as she walks away. So Gabby and Big T are there talking about Amber B. Amber B comes into the room, slams the cabinet, and Gabby's like, yeah, it's completely weird. And then when Amber B walks out, Gabby says, but I'm not going to be intimidated by people just like slamming doors and stuff. Right. It was a little awkward. It was. It was. Then we see what this scene this made me laugh so hard. And, and I I asked Nick to rewind. I'm laughing now thinking about it. I asked Nick to rewind this the, and we could so we could watch it again. It felt so staged. It felt so stilted. It felt like someone performing a bad scene of copy from like um, a soap opera or something. It's Darrell and Lolo outside. And Darrell's like, what's going on? And then Lolo goes, I'm going to be blocked out. Just like CT says, he's getting blocked out. There was something so... <laughs> what is it, it uh she you it know was so stiff sometimes lolo i don't know the way that lolo speaks 
is uh childlike like it's kind of like when when like a like a like an 11 year old doesn't get their way you know she it's just like they're saying i can't have candy but i think that i should be like other kids who also get to have candy why come how come everybody else gets candy and i just never get to have candy like it does there is like a uh oh mom like i'm in my room and i'm grounded yeah it feels like tv she's doing like a comedy character or something it it does it it feels like uh you know she 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 just is like a real fucking sourpuss i think (laughs) yeah is, is 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 everything that she talks about so like she hasn't been happy walking around this house in like half the for half the season like i think maybe after the second or third episode she was just like all of a sudden in this mode of you know like numb why can't i do that or why what are you about me to-? yeah it just you know and then her like you know on a on a workout bike just kind of like uh throwing a tantrum it's uh, not a great look and honestly it's probably why people don't really like this person it seems like nobody really likes lolo online yeah um and uh, i don't know she she seems to be a sore loser in a way and also thinks that people should just allow her to get in and she doesn't have to play the mental part of this game she doesn't understand how the challenge works which is weird because she was on champs versus stars she just doesn't understand and it even like We'll talk about it in a bit, but the end of the towards the end of this episode, she says some things here where I'm just like, "What did you think was going to happen?" I mean, we'll we should save her, okay. our conversation so, for her for later. She's talking to Darrell. She says the rookie girls don't want to go against me. The vet girls don't go against me. I'm getting blocked out. I have to figure out how to get down there. There's like a funny analogy about um, the Olympics and the challenge. Like she's comparing the challenge to the Olympics and like. Darrell is like the challenge in the Olympics. You can't compare them at all. That's not like he says it's not even oranges and apples. He says it's oranges and asparagus. Yeah. Or celery or something. Does he say asparagus? I think he says asparagus. Uh, It made us laugh. It was kind of funny. Also, it's apples and oranges, not oranges and apples. (laughs) That seems (laughs) that seems wrong. Then we see Darrell, Nam, Kyle and Casey talking and they're wondering if like Lolo is just going to leave. Because that's what this feels like, you know, all of this attention on Lolo, it feels like they're building up to Lolo leaving. And they're talking about, like, do you think Lolo would just leave? And Kyle in an interview says she's from a background where winning is everything, and I just don't think she can process losing anymore. Then we see Josh, Nani, and Devin talking about Lolo as well. And that's when Nick looks at me and says Lolo is going home. What made you say that? Uh, because it was usually around the 10 minute mark of this show. We're getting the daily and it was, I think, past that at this point, And we mostly talked about Lolo. Um, and I, I also feel like, um, you know, you, you just it, it seemed as though the, the shots we were seeing of Lolo either being sad or people speaking about Lolo's mental state in the house could have been taken from any point in the last couple of weeks. And it almost seemed like a montage, like we needed a package to sort of set up what might happen later. And I agree. I agree with you because it did feel like a multiple scenes of people talking about Lolo and Lolo talking about Lolo and interviews where we're like, oh, this is being put together. This is being presented to us for a reason. And then Nam in an interview says she is more and more stressed every day. The only way we can get things right is if we win a daily. And that's when I 
I start thinking, oh, no, this package isn't for her going home. This package is for her and Nam finally winning a daily. Yeah, and then when you see what the daily is, you're like, hmm, there's no frills here. It's just kind of physical strength and can you swim. And so, um, yeah, it's... uh, I don't know. I, I I had the same conflicting thoughts. It's either she's going to quit or she's going to now win. I, I, I You can't tell. And that's what's great about the challenge. Yeah. So we go to the daily. It's called airlift. It's really cool. I like this a lot. Nick explained to me that all the, the dailies this season are supposed to sort of mimic scenes in spy movies. And now I understand them so much more. I appreciate them that much more. Like the fight on top of the speeding truck. Yes. Like I was like, why are we doing this? Yes. Like this is not fun to watch but now that i know that it's rooted in spy movies i'm like oh that's pretty cool so this is called airlift and basically a helicopter with two ropes uh manned by tj oddly enough there's got to be another person in there right he's just he's just you know hanging out in there he's having so much fun please and and stop messing with helicopters guys it's like the kobe thing i it really it's like a year now the kobe thing happened like literally uh, a year and like two weeks ago or something it's like learn a lesson here um you know there was a little bit of fog and that chopper went down so anytime nick sees a helicopter on the challenge he goes ah guys there's been so many famous people dying because of helicopters not so many but you know there's there's a lot of incidences i mean look up the twilight zone movie uh massacre if you guys want to never sleep again okay Uh, let's move let's (laughs) so but uh let me explain exactly what this um daily is uh Every episode, Ashley will one one at one point knock into the table that we're we're recording from, <laughs> and Ashley just that uh, knocked and then apologized. She knew what she did. Um, so this is what the the daily is today. You are uh, you and your partner are on like the, what do you call it? what's the front of a boat? Um, the stern. Wait, no, maybe that's the, the back. bow. I don't know. They're <laughs> just on the front. You're on the. You stand on the front of a speedboat. Yeah. And then a, a helicopter, um, may or may not be manned by TJ, flies by you. That helicopter flies above you with two ropes uh, side by side hanging. You are to jump onto that rope and uh, take a ride holding that rope by the helicopter, you know, a hundred yards. uh, And you got to hold onto this rope. Then there is a coned area, a flagged off area that you must jump into and land into the drop zone. And then you must swim like a hundred meters or uh, maybe even longer to a platform that is floating out in the uh, water. You have to pull yourself and your partner up on that platform, and the both of you at the same time must hit the buzzer. So, um, no frills here. It's not like a convoluted. Can you put your uh, uh, bomb in somebody's totem pole? And and you know, there's no puzzles here. There's no like. It's hold onto the rope, swim, hit the buzzer. Now, here's the thing. There's only one flaw with this game. Should I talk about the flaw now, or should I wait until we get into it? Uh, I actually forgot what the flaw was, so talk about it now. <laughs> the wind blows the ropes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, the wind could blow the ropes. I, 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 they never really talk about it that often. Um, but it's obvious here. when but we it does, watch. It does happen here a few Two times. Two people fuck up. Excuse me. Two people mess up so bad. I said suck dick earlier in the episode. So oh, okay. <laughs> Two people mess up so bad, and they get burned for it, and we'll get to it. But really, when you watch it, it's like, well, that's not really their fault. Their rope was like being blown. Helicopters call 
cause wind gusts. Have you ever seen a helicopter? So anyway, that is the one flaw in this. Um, so the first up is Leroy and Casey. They are so fun to watch. Leroy talks about how he, you know, is consistently working on swimming while he's off season. And I just thought this was a really heartwarming moment before they jump on the ropes. You can hear Leroy talking to himself and he's coaching himself. He's saying like, how bad do you want it, Lee? How bad do you want it? And they both jump on the ropes. They both get to the point where they can drop. They swim in. They hit the buzzer. They do a great job. Um, They kill it time-wise. They really set this off strong. So everybody completes their their challenge as partners, except for two people, right? It's only two, no, three teams don't complete. Right. um, Here are the three teams that don't complete in the order that they don't complete, okay? Number one, and this is what is made the biggest joke of, um, is Nani and Josh. And so Nani and Josh are standing on their speedboat. And I, and at this point we had seen like three teams do it pretty well. And I looked over at Ash and I go, if one team's going to bone this up, I think it's this team. And we both kind of giggle. And then it happens and the uh, helicopter flies by. And then you see Josh kind of wait to see Nani get on her rope. And then as he's like looking at Nani get on her rope, he looks over at his rope and he just realizes it's passing by him. And then he goes to grab Nani's rope, which Nani hanging on the rope then kind of slips off the boat and falls in the water. And everybody laughs at Josh once again. Everybody on the shore watching this is laughing so hard. I mean, Josh missed his rope and then went for Nani's rope and then caused her to fall down. <laughs> it, w- it was We ran it back a couple times. It's comedic in the viewing just because I mean the fact that Nani falls like it looks like an awkward fall as well and it is all Josh's fault is is somehow makes is the cherry on top yeah Josh looking at his rope looking at Nani's rope his ropes past him he's trying to grab on it's just too much everyone's laughing um but on no, the shore yeah no one more than uh Devin no one more than Devin when they get to shore Josh and Nani and like Nani's apologizing to Josh which is confusing to us Nani's crying and apologizing I'm so sorry when it's obviously Josh's fault yeah um and then Devin is talking shit so loudly we see in like one a, like a lo- um a, a wide shot of the group we see Devin talking shit and Gabby kind of like hitting him to get him to stop but he is just like really tearing uh, Josh apart specifically and then Nani and Josh walk away they yeah. separate themselves well, from the group Nani basically says I'm gonna sp- I want to punch him right in the face and they they've decided you know we get an interview from Josh who's like Josh he's like I got my skull already I'm not like ready to lose this by fighting with Devin he's relentless and I hate him. Um, and yeah. yeah, and before we get into the next group, I just want to say that the other people who went before Josh and Nani were Cam and Kyle, and they did great, and Darrell and Amber, and they did great. It's seeing like it's going to be really close here time-wise. The next group that pops up is Anissa and Fessy. Anissa and Fessy. And I got to be honest, I, the idea that Anissa was going to hold herself up on this rope, because I think the hardest part of this challenge is to hold yourself up on the rope the whole time. I mean, you're up there for a while. Yeah. Um, and it's hard. You got to hold your whole body weight and pretty much just use your arms. I mean, that is hard, um, especially if you don't have much, you know, uh, rope climbing uh, is not your skill set. It's hard. So um, I'm like, I don't know how Anissa is going to do this. And so the rope. And she doesn't. <laughs> well, she gets a little further than Josh. She- 
she gets on the rope and then just slowly slips slowly off. Slowly just <laughs> slips off. And and people have a good time with that in their interviews as well. Uh, I believe Devin asks for people to play it in slow-mo and then the challenge plays it in slow-mo. Yeah, and Anissa says at least it wasn't as bad as Josh right. and Nani. Yeah, you can't feel too bad if you follow up Josh and Nani and that's what happens. Fessy just looks disappointed in all of his interviews whenever yeah. he's, he's just dejected. like, yeah, I guess. So Lolo and Nam are next and then we're thinking, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe Lolo and Nam do it. And we see once again, they cut back to Josh and Nani standing far apart from the group watching this. Lolo in an interview. So Lolo and Nam go. They jump on the rope. In an interview, she, sa- she says, this might be the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. They both jump into the water. Nam starts swimming to the platform. And then Lolo is like doing a backstroke at an angle kind of to nowhere. Yeah, and it makes it seem like she's not she's not doing a good job. Um, didn't it seem like that was the yeah, case? Yeah, they literally showed us an aerial view of Nam going straight to the platform and Lolo going off to the side. Right. Nam saying, like, I don't know what she's doing, but I'm just focused on the platform. They both do seem to reach it sort of at the same time. And, yeah. like, not to, like, bring in other people's uh, opinions on this and other insights, but uh, you might as well if you have them. Um, you do hear... Uh, uh, CT or uh, TJ in the in the helicopter sort of make like a wow sort of noise of something. I did I did clock that, um, and I listened uh, to the official challenge recap, which had Big T on it uh, today. It's a very it's a quick quick listen. Now go listen to that after this. Um, and Big T's charming. We all love her. Yeah. Uh, Big T said that um, Lolo is an incredibly fast swimmer, and everybody was blown away by how fast she swam. Wow. Isn't that interesting, based Why on how they, they showed it? Maybe because they wanted to... They don't win this challenge, so I'm gonna blow that. It's We'll tell you in a second who does win, but um, they don't win it, and maybe they wanted to make it edited so it made sense Mm. why one because you really couldn't tell so much you had to kind of gauge who was doing better based on a what they showed us which you couldn't really tell and and really by the reactions of people in their interviews and stuff like that so maybe they just needed it for the storytelling but apparently she's an incredible swimmer so interesting yeah because they made it look like her you know what it reminded me of is uh, Cara Maria's sort of freak out anxiety attack in the water a few sure. seasons ago. It's very similar to that. Like they show Lolo kind of like panting and looking wild and interesting. So they both get to the platform, they buzz, and that's when we get an interview from Nam saying, In this moment, I know my back is bad. It's out. This is the second time we're hearing about his lower back. Um, it has not come out to the rest of the, the cast, uh, as far as I'm concerned. He's keeping it a secret and we just know about it, but this is is quite a build for this back so i'm wondering if this is going to cause an elimination in some way or like a self-elimination uh any anything like like that i I hope it doesn't but they are definitely building a storyline with nam where his back is tweaked yeah then we see them kind of going back to the island or back to the shore and lolo and nam are talking about how she lost her shoe and and lolo's again it caused friction it caused drag drag and i'm like okay lolo just yeah and (laughs) i hope she gets the help I hope we she... didn't win. She's like, we didn't win. As soon as they, they yeah. hit the button, they're like, we didn't win. We weren't fast enough. We didn't win. And I was yeah. like, and you could just see Nam like looking around like, fuck, I'm going to have There's this, no hope. This, this Lolo again. I was hoping this might be one where we'd feel good, but I guess now she's going to pout. No hope. Next up is Devin and Gabby. And Devin 
misses the road. Devin does the exact same thing <laughs> that Josh does. And so it's just desserts here. Uh, karma, as I believe uh, a few people said. Um, yeah. And and what what separates Devin from, from Josh. Josh is when Devin comes back. Because Gabby gets on the rope fully. And, and she Devin takes the doesn't ride. T- try and take it from her. Yeah. But, but what really separates them is that Devin comes in kind of laughing at himself and calling himself a fucking idiot and realizes that he laughed at Josh. And everybody else kind of laughs at him. But like doesn't give him that much shit because he's not like pouting about it and nervous about it like Josh is. You right. know, there is a way to accept your defeat and have people kind of like not grounded into, you know, hamburger meat in your face. Well, I think it's interesting is that Josh messing up the rope and causing Nani to fall seems like it is a part of Josh's identity. Whereas when Devin does it, he says in an interview, I pulled a Josh. So it's like he right. can just kind of like he writes it off as like a one off, not like a part of who he is, right. which is someone who is always going to miss the rope. Yeah, everyone claps when they roll up and he really takes it and like has fun with it. Next up is CT and Big T. And I loved this. I loved watching them. CT is really pumping Big T up. Um, and they're even on the boat at the, at the end of the boat, at the front of the boat. They're holding hands. There's CT is being so supportive. The two of them are holding hands. He's like, you're going to get on that rope. He's totally hyping her up. And then she gets on the rope. And she holds on, and it seems pretty easy for her. Um, later, we find out that she's been taking uh, pole dancing lessons, and it it helped her with her grip and how to hold herself up, her body weight up there. Um, and CT, is, an interviewer, says that he's like gritting his teeth. It's so hard to hold himself up there. And he's looking over at Big T, and she's just kind of la-di-da, having a good time. And they both drop in the drop zone perfectly, and they both swim the shit out of that. It turns out Big T is an incredible swimmer, and they get up on that platform really quickly quick and you can tell at this point they are the last team to go everybody on the on the uh, on land are like kind of blown away by it they're kind of blown away by it and ct just looks at big t while she's on the platform he's like i think we just fucking won this shit yeah they're um, beaming in the boat ride back to the shore they're beaming yeah and and you know what they don't even give us any sort of tension a commercial break they just uh, we get back to the shore and uh tj is just like there's no reason to um even drag this out uh ct and big t you, you beat the crap out of the rest of the competitors. Congratulations. He's so nice about this. Usually, and he says, like, usually there's, like, it's close time-wise, you know, it comes down to two people. That didn't even happen, you know? He's like, congrats, Big T and CT. You, this feels like a very warm, excited moment. And then Gabby, in an interview, says, CT and Big T winning is really good for me and Devin because that's our alliance. Right, right. CT, in an interview, says, okay, now that I'm the double agent, this is the only chance I'm going to get to make a move in this game he's talking about putting himself into the the crater and i'm gonna go in regardless of who i get yeah this uh to me takes a lot of the wind out of the sails of the excitement of what you normally get out of this um out of this part of the episode where it's just like, I don't know, maybe I'll go in, maybe I won't. Uh, we'll have to see what the competition is. But I kind of like it because CT is just telling us, at the end of this, you're going to get CT uh, competing. Yeah. So um, that not that fun for you, audience? And I'm like, yes, this is fun. <laughs> I get to know who's going to compete. I just don't know who he's going to compete against. But at least I'm going to get a CT competition at the end of this episode. And it feels like we're going to get a, a little bit of uh, some dessert. There's a cherry mm-hmm. on top of what is kind of a fun episode to begin with. I mean, we already spoiled it for you we do not get that moment in this episode 
Back at the bunks, Lolo is crying to Nam about how embarrassed she is. Hey, aren't you? Wait, did you go move on to last week's recap? What? Oh, sorry. This just sounds like something <laughs> you've said over and over again every single episode. Uh, yeah. Once again, yeah. after the fucking daily, uh, Lolo comes back and makes Nam feel like he's got like a really depressed, sad girlfriend in yeah. a toxic relationship. And I feel for Nam at this mm-hmm. point. There was a point where I was like, ah, well, at least he's partnered with Lolo. At this point, I'm like, Nam, that sucks. This is your rookie season. You know, this is a tough way to get, uh, you know, um, you know, to, to, to get warmed up yeah. to the challenge. I feel like we really, Nam, this season was a waste for Nam. Really? I was, I couldn't believe Nam when he was coming in. He looked like he was going to be like the Terminator coming into this Right. Thing. And instead he just got partnered with some. Someone who just can't really get a hold of their emotions. They're not emotionally stable <laughs> yeah. at all. Um, okay. So we see CT go into the bunks to talk to Leroy, Cam, and Kyle. And he's saying, you know, that I want to go in. He's saying like who he wants to go in against. He wants the house to vote. He wants to get Leroy and Cam on his side because he wants them to help him. He thinks they have a lot of power in the house. And in an interview, Leroy says, this is classic CT going around, talking to everybody, getting in, like trying to tell, getting people's heads, trying to get what he wants. And then that's when CT says in the bunks that he wants to go against the goof give me the goof give me the goof give me the goof and we'll be fine i think anisa is there too it's kind of hard to tell who's in the room because then anisa in an interview is like who's the goof who's the goof he walks she walks in during this and literally goes i'm not a part of this Mm. like and she just doesn't want any part of what ct is throwing down to the rest of these people i'm not a part of this um but she does give the interview of like you know, doing the impression of CT. Give me the goof. I'm like, who's the goof? Is, is it Josh? Yes, it is, folks. CT it, in an interview says Josh would be the easiest to beat. And then we see Josh with a title card. That says the goof. Folks, is this mean to do? I mean, what an edit this guy is getting this season. After him throwing those medicine balls and everybody laughing at him to like the goofy music. And it, it's like, I'm, I'm a, okay. So I guess we should break, stop here for like one second and talk about, I mean, this, th- th- we have a complicated relationship with Josh. We really do. I okay, mean, I, we I, loved him. For those of you who've listened to us for, for, you know, at least this entire season of the challenge, you'll know that we, uh, we recently just finished a couple days ago, our, our, uh, retro watch of, of big brother 19 and Josh does win that season. And I, I would say that, uh, we, hated him in the beginning of that first of all we came into it because we wanted to watch josh because we thought he was lovable we thought it was he's really good tv he makes us laugh because he is goofy and that makes us laugh but we liked it so then we pop on this fucking big brother and he is awful he's bullying people he's in a bully side of the house and then we decided that right ash we decided uh, well we hate josh now we don't want to we don't want josh to win we are not josh fans we can't believe we liked him this and then all of a sudden as the 100 episodes of big brother started to we started liking him again we started liking him again because he does have a heart and yes he did cry a million times but he was sort of just playing his game on big brother and he was kind of going along and it did get him to the end and he did win and at the end he was much more likable than pretty much everybody else left in that house so now we're like oh we kind of like josh again 
And so it was a tough episode to come back and watch this ever since we just watched him win Big Brother because I am now in a, I feel for Josh. He, you know, he loves his family and people, you know, misunderstand him and they they, they underestimate him being smart and, and, and whether or not he's strategic. And now we're coming into the challenge episode for this week and the editors of the challenge have decided to just literally call this guy a goof. They, they titled the episode an inconvenient goof. And yes, it is a huge part of this episode. But to me, this episode is much more about CT. And you would think that maybe you would be... And Doral. A, a CT, like CT, Big and T. And Lolo. Some, some T, some T, you know, play on words or right. something, or a Lolo play on words. Instead, they just singled out Josh again as as really like a clown a real clown and this episode like you said doesn't have much to do with josh i mean it it has to do with josh in the sense that like ct wants to go against josh yeah it did make me think that uh you know that we were going to get more josh than we did so it did kind of give me like like oh is this going to be more of a josh episode i I don't really know, but I think that I, I actually don't think that that, that he, they should have done this to him. Yeah, uh, I think it's kind of rude. I do. Uh, let, let us just laugh at him being goofy and let us at home call him a goof. And yeah. let, let CT call him a goof. But MTV doesn't have to call him the goof. You know, yeah. it's just like you're supposed to be impartial, right? I think so. Okay. That takes us to a night out. We have Leroy talking to Nani, and he's telling Nani about what happened earlier, about how CT wants to go against Josh. Nani starts to get heated, right? She starts to get heated, and then Leroy's like, this doesn't leave us. This doesn't leave this conversation. He's like, stop pointing, <laughs> because Nani is, like, pointing. And, yeah. you know, it's, I'm kind of realizing, like, Leroy's got a partner with Casey, who's big brother. Nani and Leroy have, like, an alliance that goes back forever, and she's partnered with Josh. Leroy and... Um, uh, Nani are part of the Big Brother thing, and they're bringing their alliance to that as well. Big, the Big Brother ship is maybe maybe unsinkable at this point. So the one person that I'm not, I'm just unsure on why he's decided to go the way that he's gone, and I guess it's because of Nelson being targeted by Devin is Corey. Sorry. I just Ashley, hit the table. Ashley can't do anything but knock into the table of the microphones. That's all right, Ash. Don't don't say so you don't have to say sorry. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You better apologize. Um, Corey is with Big Brother. I know. And it's just like, why exactly? It's because Devin singled out Nelson. He's the reason why Nelson went home. I mean, that's got to be it, right? Well, Fessy's the reason Nelson went home. I think Corey has an alliance with Fessy. And I think Corey has an alliance that has gone on many seasons, most importantly, with Anissa. I think Fessy and Anissa, I mean, Corey and Anissa are close. I also think that the Big Brother people are just like younger and cooler. Like I see Corey hanging out with Fessy and Casey. I see Corey and Casey hanging out. I don't really see like Corey and like, I don't know. CT or Kyle for some reason they don't feel that they feel like they're older right yeah sure I am and I bet you they are um yeah. so yeah yeah you're right the I, f- I forget about the Fessy thing because Fessy and him had such issues in this but the reason why Nelson was in there to begin with is because Nelson stuck up for Amber M uh while Devin was sleeping in his bunk yeah and then uh Devin said I am gonna do whatever I can to get Nelson out of this game so right that I mean it, it makes it makes some sense but I mean it's a tangled web here I also think we um there's something that isn't discussed at all on the show, but the gym in this season is very separate than the rest of the house. Usually the gym is like 
where like last season the gym was in the recreational area and in the kitchen area this season the gym is like its own little thing in the center of the house there seems to be like a gym crew that has developed about of all the people who are working out all the time that's why we see Darrell and Lolo talking I mean I can't imagine they're close but they're just in the gym with each other all the time is Lolo part of the big brother I don't think Lolo's a part of any alliance okay because I want to talk about that in a second okay so we're at the bar like I said Leroy's telling Nani that CT wants to put in Josh Nani is not having it she's upset she wants Devin to go in we see Amber B give Devin a hug and she said like you know let's bygones be bygones let's put last week behind us with the blind side Devin in an interview is like listen if I have to apologize to Amber B to try and save myself in this game I will do it and he says this is not a, a a team game yeah, it's you not know, a team game. I'm not going to throw my game away for Gabby. Right. And Devin seems to be aware that he is on the chopping block, that he might go in, that he could possibly be the house vote. Then we see Gabby in an interview saying that she's insulted that he is talking to Amber B. And then we see... Seems like Gabby gets upset at Devin after every igloo hangout. Yeah. Right? She's yeah. kind of a little drunk and a little sour on a couch somewhere. Yeah, totally. I wonder if Devin talked her out of throwing herself in last episode and that's why they ended up blindsiding them and she's just pissed at him indefinitely now. I think she's bitter, but like every post that moment interview from her is her taking full responsibility for being too scared to go into a hall brawl. So Mm. I've kind of eliminated that as uh, part of my storyline for them. Then we see something we see a scene that kind of sets up a theme for the rest of the episode that was not on our radar and we talked about it earlier in this recap but we've never really seen anyone talk about it on the show ct is talking to amber b about his relationship with Darrell. And he's saying like, yeah, I've known him for for like a decade, decades. Over a decade. Over a decade. And kind of talking to to Amber B about not knowing where Darrell's head's at. That's odd to me that CT is talking to Amber B and not Darrell himself. And then CT in an interview says, I, I don't know why Darrell's working with these people he barely knows. Like, work with me. We have a history. We know each other. Um, but also you're working with your partner and your partner is part of big brother and you helped her get a skull by uh, being supportive. And she's probably promising that she's going to do everything to help you get a skull because she probably wants to run a final with you for the support. And just because they're, they're both fighting for their families. I mean, no team uh, aside, maybe from Kyle cam and big T and CT. I mean, these are like the strongest three teams in the house as far as just like, being teammates um so i just at this point don't think that there's there is no speaking between ct and Darrell at all through this season you just don't see them talking to one another and maybe maybe try and cut this deal and and mend these fences before this moment it's odd to me because CT must not have gone and talked to Darrell. Otherwise, they would have shown us that. I thought I'm going to go through the next scenes very quickly and bring us to the deliberation. The next scene is after the bar, after they've gone out. Gabby and Devin are talking on the couch back at the house. She's mad at him for making up with Amber B. This is just them going back and forth, kind of squabbling. And De- Devin, in an interview, does not understand at all, Has doesn't get it. He's like, she hangs out with Fessy 
all the time. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good point. We have a commercial. When we come back, we see Josh on the couch talking with Fessy, Leroy, Casey, and Nani. And Leroy's giving Josh the heads up that CT wants him to go in. They're all kind of just dealing with this, um, discussing it. In an interview, Josh says, if CT wants me to go in, I okay, he wants me to go in, but I don't think he has the numbers like he's not I'm not afraid to go in, but I trust my alliance. I trust my numbers. Then we see Devin talking to CT and Kyle and Devin is saying to them, this is a pivotal moment in the game because it affects the alliance. It affects the numbers that are going to run this house. Either our alliance is going to be in control or the Big Brother Alliance is going to be in control. And then Kyle in an interview says, it's between Josh and Devin, basically. The House vote. It's either, either we all know CT is going in, and the House is either going to vote in Josh, or the House is going to vote in Devin. I'm working with Devin, Kyle says. So we need to get Josh in. And then CT says, Josh is the last piece. Like, he's the last piece of this puzzle. We got all the other pieces in play. And then that brings us to, oh, right before that, excuse me, Corey is talking to Darrell and he's saying that the swing vote comes down to him. Right. He's like holding like a notebook. He's like, I'm looking at my numbers. I'm crunching the numbers. And it seems like, uh, so we're really, you know, apparently Darrell is in the middle of this house at this point. So half the house that wants to vote for Josh, half the house that wants to vote for Devin and the tiebreaker is Darrell. Which alliance will he align himself with? I, I, you know, um, there's so much big brother sort of speak in this season um and i don't even know if that this was conversation was part of the the scenes you kind of quickly summed up for us but um you know when josh is like on the couch and i I think it was when people were telling him leroy telling him yeah yeah. i think uh he starts using sides of the house Mm -hmm. he's on their side of the house and and our side of the house which I don't think we ever hear on the challenge, right? Right. Which side of the house are you on? Yeah. Um, the the, ha- the challengers don't really talk about the house as its own entity like Big Brother's uh, contestants do. Yeah. Um, okay, that brings us to deliberation. Corey starts off the deliberation. Corey finding a way to make it into this episode, even though poor guy hasn't got a chance to compete. Doesn't seem like it's ever going to go Corey's way. So Corey gets a chance to uh, lead this deliberation. He says, okay, does anybody know what CT wants? And then Devin very quickly is like, CT wants Josh. Devin, um, Josh is like, yeah, CT wants me, but like also, you know, the house wants other people. And then Devin tries to defend himself by saying he would be really bad in the crater. Okay. So save me for you guys who want a gold skull, save me for you because I'm not going to do well. He's playing the layup card. Yes. And I think he played it pretty well. Um, he did a good job here of belittling his abilities. <laughs> yeah, he really did. Josh says, uh, yeah, you make a good point, but it's a numbers game and you yeah. know that. Yeah. And also, let's be honest, Josh, I mean, who knows? Uh, who do you think, who would you prefer to go up against in elimination, Ashley, if you were one of these guys? Would it be Josh or would it be like, who, who would you choose to put in the crater here? Would it be Josh or would it be Devin? And it's me. I'm yeah. going in. Oh, a hundred percent, Josh. A hundred percent, Josh. Yeah. Devin's beaten Wes and Johnny okay. Bananas. What if uh, it's a hall brawl? Um, that's a good question. Josh is kind of like Anissa in the way of like, yeah, like, uh, you you know, you think like maybe lay up a little goofy, maybe, you know, not, maybe not the best, most athletic competitor, 
But if it's like, I'm going to smash into you and you're going to smash into me in some sort of game like that, or, or like you have to rip this pole from my hand, I'm not too sure I would want to go up against Josh yeah. or Anissa. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, and then again, if it's a fucking puzzle, it could be, you know. So, I, yeah, it's uh, this This would be a little tricky if that was what you were basing your vote on. But no one's basing their vote on that. Yeah, they're, they're basing very, their vote on, 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 on alliances. They're Yeah, they're basing their vote on alliances. Exactly. Josh, like I said, says it's a numbers game, and you know that. There seems to be some awkwardness. And then Anissa's like, Durrell, do you have anything to say? And Durrell's like, Mm-mm, no, I don't. And he says, this is one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in a long time. That, that threw me. This is one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in a long time. Um, <laughs> everybody goes in to vote when they are done. This is the hardest decision I've ever had to make in two weeks. <laughs> when they are done voting, CT and Big T come in. They sit down. Big T looks at CT and says, I'm nervous for Devin. CT says, it all comes down to Darrell. I've known him for over a decade. And then we see, and then CT says to Big T, after I win, who should I pick as a partner? And Big T's like, what? No. <laughs> uh, so then we see the compromise agents, and it is Devin and Gabby. Yeah. Yep, 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 and yep. And we see Darrell was the swing vote. Darrell was the so. swing vote. He's voting with his team. I mean, this is a smart game move by Darrell. What are you going to do? Go against the numbers? Yeah. Especially one of the numbers is on your, is your freaking partner. Come right, on, right, 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 right. And then CT goes to the bunks, and he breaks the bad news to the gang which is kyle devin gabby first time i believe we're seeing on camera somebody give the heads up to somebody who's going in the crater mm -hmm. so i think that's kind of interesting i feel like also he just came back and told everybody because every, it seems like josh knows everybody knows at this point yeah everybody knows and, and devin seems kind of floored by it and like why 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 but then kind of looks at ct and was ju is just like well there's no way i'm gonna convince ct not to go for his skull so right. they both kind of resign themselves to the fact that it we're just gonna have to compete yeah then so we see it. we see a very heartwarming um scene where josh is in the bunks and he's crying to anisa and Corey because he's so happy he's so relieved and he's he now knows he's not the house vote and he's saying i've never really had like real friends in the house like this and Corey's just like all smiles and he's like yes people want to see you do well like anisa and Corey seem to really like josh what about uh, christmas and paul what about Christmas and Paul? In the season that he yeah, won. Yeah, what about Christmas, the friendship season? Christmas had his back the entire time. I think he's saying in this house. In this in house, In the yeah. challenge house. Yeah, I mean, he's always been at the bottom of the game. I mean, he is definitely in, in a, an alliance, and they all do seem to defend him, and, they, and then, yeah, they laugh about him a little bit, but they don't let things get out of hand. They make sure that he doesn't get uh, too involved in the bickering, and they've been doing a good job uh, kind of cradling Josh throughout this entire season. And then uh, my favorite part of this scene is where he's like hugging everybody and he's kind of smiling. And, and uh, then I believe it's Corey. He's like, he says, he has a fun quote. He's like, uh, he's like, that's that, that's that. I don't have to go up against CT in the crater feeling. <laughs> yeah. And they all kind of all laugh. They laugh. It. And then that brings us to um, an incredibly awkward, hard to understand scene where Lolo is folding her clothes and talking to Big T about how she's being blocked from going in and she's going to go home. And the whole house is like piles in and it's kind of standing behind and Big T and they're all standing there and Lolo's like yeah I'm going home this is what I mean by the when I say it was hard to understand it's because the point she's making it's like 
she is looking at them and she's like, yeah, I'm going home to train for the Olympics and I play for America. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> she's, she's like belittling them and as the, she's leaving. There is also no like remorse here. It's, at all it's like yeah she's like you guys did this you and blew that you blew it guys. you blew it you didn't yeah. let me go in you guys didn't let me go yeah, in and she was like and even my team even if my team wouldn't even my team wouldn't let me go in this is what i'm talking about my team who's her fucking team i don't know it's so her weird. team is nom is it big brother i know that she counted herself amongst the big brother people and maybe she was saying even my my the big brother team wouldn't let me go in and so like it's like yeah it'll be one thing if everybody didn't let me go in but my team wouldn't even let me go in and then this is hilarious this point where she's like yeah, maybe there was some responsibility for me. It's not all your fault. Like, I, I could have won a, a daily, but it's like, come on, I didn't. And it's just like, and that's it. I can't be here anymore. I, I and have I have to, to go I have play to go, for America. I have to train now for the Olympics. And yeah. So, okay, guys, I'm out of here. And you could just tell everybody's kind of looking around, like not wanting to tell her to not go. Um, but also not wanting to seem supportive. Like, it's a whole thing. And then she, she finally says bye, and then, like, everybody says, oh, and then they, like, all hug her and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and we get an interview from Nam being like, I respect her decision, and then he says, like, I love you. No, I like you. Oh, no, I mean, it's just like, yeah, you know. It was and, a, an it was adorable a f- moment from, from Nam. And, and you say they're letting her off really easy. Yeah, they're letting her off super easy. It just feels like normally when you quit this show for this type of a reason that they wouldn't do that. I mean, we did have the Leo quit, but that was a really a mental health thing. And I think that's the way that they're playing it throughout this entire season. COVID is going on. It's a big stressor to be there. You don't want to fuck with anybody's mental. So I get it. But still, Lolo, you're a fucking quitter. You're a com- you're a, you call yourself an athlete and a competitor. You quit this game. So because I'm sorry. Because it wasn't going your way. Yeah, that's sore loser quit shit. And I don't really respect this move at all me neither I but to to, to 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 put it in perspective and i believe we have kyle doing that immediately following the exit interview from her um which is like him goofing around with the guys and like pretending like he's the girls like oh let me help you with your stuff and they're all like laughing because this is a great thing for all of the women in the house now something that has happened when people have left this season is that they have left um, they have been told that they are leaving by TJ when they line up at the daily. Like, remember Natalie standing there and TJ goes, well, before we start this daily, we have an announcement. And and I think they did the same thing with Leo, where it's like he is there and he says it. And he does it. TJ has nothing to do with Lolo leaving. He doesn't talk about it. He yeah. doesn't mention it. And I think this is my theory is that TJ doesn't respect it. He's pissed and he's like, nah, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to make this easy or make it look like it's okay. If you guys want to do that, you're going to have to do that through your own editing. Well, I think you, you, you're probably right. But I think there's a couple ways that this might have happened. Number one is it was during the daily that we normally saw some somebody new come in and compete because somebody left. Um, and I think that they really wanted to say she may have left way earlier in the week or whatever, depending on what the challenge week looks like. But I, I feel like they needed somebody to be, as we said before, there is no elimination from the crater this week, but there is somebody that went home. So they needed to push this as in there, okay, this is the person who went home spot. You did get an elimination, sort of. You get, did get somebody leaving the challenge, sort of. So they put it at the end. Now, what we're about to see is we're going to go to the crater and... Um, 
you know, we see this whole, you know, that everybody gets up there and then we go, let's see who your compromised agents are. And then they show the house that it's Devin and Gabby. And we all know that it's Devin and Gabby. And normally now we would be able to see CT. Is this what happens? Is there any more show before we get to the crater part? Yeah, there's one. There's one scene. Okay. Can I uh, get into yeah, it? Yeah, get into it. And then okay. we'll talk about it. Because I think ultimately what happens is at the end of this episode, there is a security breach. And so he might give this speech next episode right. about Lolo leaving. But I don't I, even even he I, I would assume he would have come to the house if it was another player. I would assume that he would have started this elimination off with her up there on the crater and talk to her directly. We always see TJ interact with the person directly and then send them home. This is her just leaving. I mean, we didn't see that with people who had medical issues who are like at the hospital and leave. But for the most part this season, we've seen him engage with the person person and then leave so if this is what we're being led to believe is is that this is happening right before the elimination yeah. you would think she would be standing up there with them at the crater and then tj would say before that we get started and i tell you the compromised agents lolo i understand that you are need to leave the game you know like that's what i was expecting anyway let's not get too hung up on this so after lolo leaves we see Corey pointing at the board so he's the rogue agent on the board and then he's pointing next to nam's name there's an empty space and he's like what are we going to do about this you know now we have two guys that don't have partners what did neither of us compete like what's going to go what's going to happen here then the elimination is activated that brings us to the crater and we can see everyone who's filing in is saying that this is the same one that cam and ashley did but the polls are higher okay and, and there is another huge part of this and I, I don't know if you picked it up because i didn't pick up on it when we saw it but do you know the other element to this no the, it's not not, it's not rings it's puzzle pieces oh wow so instead of what we saw cam and ashley compete it's like you have these rings you have to swing back and forth on this wire can you put your rings on the poles quicker than the other person you're competing against this seems to be that like that what they did with the medicine ball throwing through the windows they're adding a puzzle element to make this a little bit harder mm. that changes the game if we're going to see a devon and ct competition interesting so as we're all filing in gabby looks at devon and she goes you can do this and I believe that she's supporting him and I believe that she believes in him. And then Big, Big T says to quickly to CT, you got this, you got this. But Gabby is, um, you know, they, TJ announces the, the, people who have been picked as rogue agents Gabby and Devin go down there Devin looks dejected Gabby is hanging her head there's a lot of sorrow here and then all of a sudden an alarm starts going off it says security breach security breach and TJ's like well 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 security breach and Devin is pumped Devin has been brought back to life now CT looks worried and it, uh, this the episode ends with everyone wondering what's about to happen Right. And then we see what happens next week. And, and it's just a lot of like yelling and screaming and crying. So it seems yeah. like it's going to be kind of like a, you even see Big T kind of screaming at somebody. So it seems like it's going to get a little crazy. I'm hoping uh, that they kind of make up for what they did to us this this. Uh, episode which is no elimination which we absolutely hate that crap um what do you think is going to go on with the security breach i think they're going to bring back the last female player that was evicted like they did with ashley so that's amber m and amber m is going to be partnered with nam it's going to be like the strangest partnership of all time and i think devin might beat ct 
Um, I don't, yeah, I'm not too sure. Devin versus CT is going to be a wild ride. As far as the security breach, I do think, like, I mean, a precedent has been set. The security breach means somebody comes back. They will change it on a dime. I, I yeah. Mean, um, I think that uh, whoever comes in since it's a crater elimination, some I feel like they're going to make the person who is the security breach compete in the crater as well Whoa. to get back into the house. This is Whoa. what I think. Because that's why putting it in at this point right before the crater, if somebody comes in, it would just be so lackluster if that person then just goes up on top of the... <laughs> that's a good know, point. ...and watch the crater. I kind of feel like it's like, well, we're not just going to let somebody back in the game at this point. It's so late in the game, and that's not fair. So in order to get back in this house, you're going to have to win yourself back into the house. Wow. That, this is my This is my thought on how this can... And I think that would be, to me much more interesting than somebody like Ashley coming back and just being able to play yeah. in the game without any That's repercussions. That's cool. I like that idea for sure. It's too late in the game to bring somebody back. That's so unfair. Yeah, I agree. Um, So uh, who knows? I mean, it should be uh, a rousing episode of the challenge next week, but we thank you for listening to our recap of this week's challenge. Uh, do us a favor. Follow us on all platforms. Give us, uh, have you rated our podcast? If you really like our recaps, we would really appreciate if you rated us uh, five stars on the Apple Podcast app and give us a little nice review, and uh, that uh, is much appreciated. We'd we'd love it. And uh, imagine I, it as a paycheck. You know, we're <laughs> yeah. doing this for free, really? and every now and then someone gives a five star five star review, and it is like we get to go to the bank and cash a paycheck. It and, feels so good. Yeah, it would be great. And as always, may uh, TJ uh, um, get back to scolding you when you quit. And may you also be the co-captain of the helicopter. There you go. Bye. Bye.